Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 28th episode of Cake and Conversation. I'm your host, Jay Vite, and I want to start off the program by saying thank you to everyone who's pressed play. Whether this is your first time checking out the show, or if you've been here with me for the entire ride, for all 28 of them, it means a lot to me, and I say this every week, but it means a lot to me that you're taking time out of your day to give it a listen. My guest this week just returned from a three-month stay out in California, dancing for Disney six days a week for 10 hours a day. So as soon as he got back, I wanted to meet up with him and talk about his journey that ultimately led up to the moment that he learned he was invited to audition. I originally met my friend Manny last summer working at a bar downtown in in one of the um, corporate towers. Um, If you're familiar with Houston downtown, they have a bunch of tunnels that connect all of the buildings. So people, without having to get in traffic all the time, people can walk during the tunnel downtown. There's uh, restaurants, banks. Uh, I've seen places where you can get your hair cut, smoothie shops. It's like its own little community downtown. And Manny and I worked at one of the bars together at the Bank of America Tower. He was our bar back. So he helped with restocking alcohol, getting ice, cleaning the bar, taking out the trash. And also over time, we slowly started to teach him how to bartend as well. During this time, I was able to get to know him on a personal level. And for a guy who, I mean, I originally thought he was gonna be shy and quiet, he quickly proved otherwise. He's full of fun stories and unique experiences. And I was excited when he agreed to sit down for a conversation. Besides his high-level ability to dance, he also works side gigs as a lighting and a sound engineer. So I talked to him a a little bit about that as well and how that relates to his creative ability and also how it compares to dancing, if it does at all. His dessert of choice is awesome because it was cheesecake. And again, that's great because historically, if you follow the show, that's been my favorite dessert growing up as well. I didn't go too fancy this time um, because it was kind of last minute because he was sick throughout the week. He had a fever. But um, I picked up one of those variety cheesecake wheels from Walmart where it has like two pieces of a regular, two pieces of chocolate cheesecake, two pieces of strawberry. But yeah, but by the end of the conversation, he clearly likes cheesecake as much as I do because at the end of the conversation, it was all finished. And sometimes, a lot of the time, that doesn't even happen. You know, me and the guest will take a couple bites at the beginning, but we never really finish the dessert. Somebody takes it with them to go. But our conversation goes about 40 minutes or so, so I won't take up any more of your time here in my intro segment. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend Manny, the Disney dancer. So, hey, it's a perfect way to start this thing, dog barking. Um, as soon as I hit play here, I see you looking at the mic. Uh, before we get into you being a dancer, uh, we can talk about audio engineer side, audio visual engineer. Like, right as I'm hitting play, you're looking at the mic. <laughs> so when you look at the microphone, uh, what are you thinking in your head? Uh, well, I was looking at the pattern, how you have it set up. Um, Do I have it set up for yeah, the yeah. whole room? Yeah. Because I've made this mistake a bunch of times, actually, a lot, where it'll be me and one other person talking, 
and I'll have it set up in the wrong direction. You know, there's a couple options. One person talking, mm-hmm. whole room talking, one-on-one talking. Yeah, yeah. So you're smart on that. I look it up every time I say Google. Look, <laughs> look, check it out. You see my computer. First thing I did, Blue Yeti tutorial. Nice. Let me double check. Yeah. Because inevitably, <laughs> so there's been times, and my listeners will know this, where, or actually my other people I've talked to I will know this. I'll, we're sitting here talking. And we think we're recording, and it'll be two minutes deep. And I realized, oh shit, I didn't hit play on the mic. No, little dumb things. No. Yeah, no, it's a bummer. <laughs> um, so, uh, besides all that, audio engineer—that's one thing. We'll get into more specifics there, um, but we'll get into dancing first. Actually, let's get into cheesecake. You chose cheesecake for the dessert. Fuck yeah! Why cheesecake? Um, it goes back to my childhood. Um. I think I was probably like in elementary school. There was a Jack in the Box by my house, and like my mom always knew that that was my favorite thing to eat, like snack or like dessert wise. So we would always stop by a Jack in the Box on our way home, and she would always get me a cheesecake. Yeah. That was your way. Of be- that was her way of being like, "Oh, mijo, here you go." Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're not the oldest. Are you middle? Or are you the oldest? I know you have. I'm two the sisters. youngest. Oh, you're the youngest. You have two sisters, right? Yeah, but you're the only boy. I'm the only man in the house. So maybe there was something with your mom, and were, do you think your relationship was closer with your mom because you were the only boy, or definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah especially because both my sisters, when they were young, they had kids, so like they had their own family to take care of, and then my mom's been having me like as a baby the whole time. You're a little niño, mm-hmm. little cutie. Yeah, yeah. No, my mama's boy. So um, <laughs> getting into dancing, I know you've told me this before. So. Backstory, real quick. I know you. We started working together last May, 2022 of May. We started working at the same job downtown at a bartending job. Um, I got to know you. You're mainly into dancing. That was your big thing on the side. So, when did you realize as a kid, like, like when did you start getting into it? I guess when we're seven, eight, nine years old, your family made you dance, church group, or what? You know. You really make me realize how much of a mama's boy I am. Because <laughs> it, it all goes back to my mom as well. Um, I was like seven years old. It was elementary school, second grade. And she she wanted to start Vale uh, Folclorico, which is like the Mexican tap dancing that you see online. Uh, you ever seen like the Mexican hat dance? Yeah, okay, hat dance. That makes more uh-huh. sense. I was going to say, what's the difference in Mexican tap dance and just tap dance? Besides so, you being the beaner. No. I mean, I, I, I say tab dance because that's what, like, most people can understand. But as the hat dance, that's the one where they put the hat, the sombrero. Correct. Yeah. And dance around it. Okay, cool. And uh, so she started teaching there. She started, like, this after-school club. And I didn't really want to get into dancing. She she persuaded me. She, like, convinced me to doing it uh, by telling me that she needed a translator because she didn't know much English. So I was there to help her out. And As a second grader, you knew that much English already. Oh yeah, from school, Definitely. just ESL classes. Mostly for my oldest sister. Okay, because oh. I mean she had already been studying like in high school and everything. Um, I I came out here to Houston when I was two, so like uh, up until like four or five, I didn't know much English. But my sister was the one that helped me out and like started teaching me English here and, and there. And people that don't know you, where'd you come from? Mexico, 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 Mexico City. Mexico City. Yeah. Well, they call it that now, but when I was born there, it was called Distrito Federal. Oh, okay. Federal uh, District. Yeah. In English. What a local. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Dancing Young was an influence from your mom. Uh, was it something she wanted you to do? And, like you said at the beginning, you didn't want to do it. 
No, because I mean, she would show me the videos, and I'll be like, "No, nah, that's something for girls." Oh, okay. Guys don't do that. So it was a masculine-feminine issue. Correct. It was, oh, if yeah. I do this, I'll get made fun of. Mm-hmm. Some of that. Do you think that's um, even besides now? Obviously, uh, you were young at the time. Um, is that something to do with the culture though? Like Hispanic culture, masculine men or men? Yeah, that's a pretty big thing. Like even to this date, like my grandma doesn't let me go into the kitchen. She won't let you in the kitchen. <laughs> She's like, no. Mm-mm. No, me. <laughs> just because you've danced. I mean, no, mostly because like I'm a guy. I'm oh, like she doesn't want man. she doesn't want men in the kitchen in right. general, like her yeah. job or yeah. so that's her identity. Yeah. She gets her identity from being in the kitchen because that's what she knows. Yeah. So she would feel threatened. Yeah. And as soon as I get home from like whether it's school, from rehearsal, from my job, she already has my food ready for me as Ooh. soon as I walk in. So again, you know me. This is why I love Latin women. So I can, <laughs> so I can get to know their abuelas, and I'd be like, "Oh, mijo, hey, mucha comida," and I'd be like, "Oh, see, sí, para, para mí, yeah. Ay, gracias." But, uh, yeah. Um, so even, so even getting older, you were like dance clubs, dance group. How did yeah. it like? So me, I'm a, uh, I was baseball side for my athletic or my group or this or that growing up. That you know, you go play with these teams, different leagues, whatever, whatever. <laughs> How does dancing work as a kid? Here in America, are you in? Oh, you're in this group from this age, or is it competitive? Explain that to me. Um, what like not many people know like what ballet folklorico is. So like trying to explain it to them, it, it would be like too much work. I'd have to like pull up a video. So I most of the time through like all of middle school and high school, I never told anyone. I mean, I knew I was a dancer the whole time. Uh, my dance friends, but like I never set, like put them together with like my high school friends. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Well, it's not like a certain part of like shame or what or feeling. Um, it, it's mostly because like I just felt like nobody really cared much about it, and so I just pushed it aside. I, I mean, I knew it was something that I liked doing, so I kept doing it. But uh, it wasn't like something that I tried to convince people for you didn't want to identify or try to identify like hey this is a big huge part of me mm-hmm. yeah um what style of dancing is that like let's make it layman's terms or i'm not saying it like here in english obviously but besides the culture like what style of dancing who say mariachi closer to that uh style. yeah so yeah it's pretty complicated when uh you talk folklorico terms because there's now there's, when you say that what word are you saying again folklorico 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 yeah. And in English, what does that even mean? Uh, folk dance or folk, folk dance. Style. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cool thing about Mexico is like there's so much culture everywhere you go, and every single state in Mexico has a completely different culture. So if you talk, if you say about uh, Mexico folklorico, like Jalisco or mariachi, like you said, yeah, yeah. Ma- uh, the mariachi music comes mostly from Colima or Jalisco, and that's just like two states. In all of Mexico. The whole thing. Yeah. So if you mention that in a different part of Mexico, they're going to be like, dude. That's like saying East Coast, West Coast rap yeah. for reference. Correct. We're yeah. talking 90s rap, Tupac mm-hmm. or Biggie, like it's territorial. Yeah. So so there is a, that's where some of the pride will come into then. Um, so was it like sports for the youth here in America growing up? Um, was it dance battle against dance battle where they're like, hey, this is our troop. We've been practicing our shit, doing our moves. And this weekend, we got to compete against four other groups. And we got to... Yeah. We got a bottle My dog. Um, yeah, way better than other groups. Is that like part of the culture? Here it, it really up. is, actually. And Shutter especially out here in Texas. 
There, there's actually a couple of dance competitions that happen all around Texas, and even for the youth. Then, yeah, yeah. And the crazy part is, like, you don't actually see much of that outside of Texas. Not even in California no, or Florida. Not even California. Huh. Yeah. Pretty so, good. Break, break down one of these competitions real quick. What is it? Like a team of four, five, six, seven, eight kids. They show up, and how many kids are in the competition? Yada yada. How does the competition go? So. There's different categories and then there's different levels. So you can have like a category where it's only like four or five people dancing. And then you also have the levels where you have like the beginners, intermediates and advanced. They also separate it by uh, age group sometimes. So you have like all these different categories that you can sign up for. But I remember when I uh, first went to uh, a competition, it was in Round Rock in Austin. And that's why one of the biggest, if not the biggest competition that we have here in Texas. But when I first went, I was probably like 13, 14 years old. And there was probably like maybe 20 groups, which doesn't sound like too many. I mean, it, it is a lot. But now you compare that to nowadays, like if we're going to have competition in a month and the teams already signed up for those competitions, there's more than 50, probably 60. So you're going from 200 kids to a thousand over like probably it's crazy. It's insane. So like the growth in the full political industry, I guess, has grown. What would contribute to help it grow? Like getting the word out. Definitely like TikTok, Instagram and YouTube and all that. Mostly Facebook. Yeah. Well, people are saying, oh, these people are doing these dances. Boom. Mm -hmm. Where do these dances come from? Mm -hmm. Different variations. Okay, that's cool. So um, you left us. In the fall, what was it, October of 2022, mm -hmm. you got an offer to go work for Disney in California. Um, how did that offer come about? Was it something you applied to? Obviously, something you applied to. Like, did they reach out to you? Your agent, my agent, let's talk. How did it, How did this deal, you and Disney, how did this opportunity happen? So it was pretty random. It was pretty cool the way it all happened, but... Um, I, uh, previously, I had been working full time as a folklorical instructor, and recently dance instructor, sir. No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. shit. And uh, <laughs> in uh, in May or March of twenty twenty two, yeah, it was just last, last year. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I got let go because they didn't have much much funds in that school, and so like there was like these two months, like all of May and June, where I had no money. At all. Absolutely. No. That's when I met you. Like, I wasn't making any money, but I did have like 600 bucks saved up, and I was trying not to touch that the whole time. And then here comes in uh, July. Um, I had a friend that did Folklorico, and like, I met her in one of these competitions. And she hit me up and she asked me if I was going to go to this convention called ANGF. It's uh, one of the biggest conventions they have for Folklorico in all the United States and Mexico. So they always switch it up on where it's going to be. And this uh, this time it was gonna be in Las Vegas, and I was like, I've never been to Las Vegas. Like, I'm, I don't have any money. I'm not making much money. I do have money to go, and like, I definitely have the time to go. So she ended up convincing me and using my last six hundred bucks to go to this convention in, uh, called NGF in Las Vegas, and it ended up being one of the best decisions in my life. Taking that risk. Because at this uh, convention, that's where I ended up meeting the people that work for Disney. And so they got my number. They, they told me I was a pretty good dancer. 
and that Pretty I should good. try auditioning for their group. How does that work? They approached you. So in at, person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the con- yeah, I at like the, the way you move, sir. Uh huh. At the convention, uh, pretty much what you do is like five or six days. You're just nonstop learning uh, all these dances, and on the last day, on the sixth or seventh day, uh, you have to uh, uh, present it. So they have like a recital, and that's where everybody gets to see you dancing what you just learned. I know, mm-hmm. like a peacock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so they. They approached me, they got my contact and everything. And then that was in July. Then we flash forward September, all of August into October. Went on a Tuesday, a random Tuesday. I got a phone call from California, from Relampago del Cielo, which is the company that uh, had seen me in Las Vegas. And they asked me what my interest was in auditioning for their Viva Navidad show in Disney. You say Navidad, that means Christmas. Correct. Viva Navidad. So, hell yeah. Uh, Viva Christmas, right? Yeah. Or Viva. And they were saying, how do you, they, they didn't say, hey, you got the job. They said, mm-hmm. how would you feel about trying to even be considered? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they asked what my interest was. In that. And that's a huge enough honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they, they still wanted to make it uh, pretty fair for everyone that had auditioned. So we set up this audition on that Thursday. Uh, just for them to see me online. We did it through Zoom, and uh, it was a director, and I was probably on that video call with her for like three minutes, and instantly she was like, you're in, you got the job. That's it. Yeah. You know what's crazy? You didn't have to, the audition wasn't dancing. She wasn't on Zoom like, all right, do a twist, plali, ha-ha, uh-huh. you know? It was, she was getting to know you as a person. Yeah. They already knew you could dance. Yeah. She was like, let me make sure he's not a sociopath. Yeah, we're good. Pretty much. And that's what she was telling me. Like, she was looking uh, for people that would make the environments better. Because that's also part of uh, being in a dance group. You don't want to have, like, toxic people that just don't help the whole group. Dance group can sound inherently toxic. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it. Or right. even this, like, you're you getting into, like, the hospitality industry. You know, working where we work together as barback. Mm-hmm. Obviously, different type of bar, but... You can see where toxicity or it'll be hard to work together as a unit for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. How many people total? So now, okay, cool. You're in Disney, right? You're working there. What was the schedule like? Hey, I'm working for this. I'm working for Mickey Mouse, like legendary. This is a great opportunity. What's the schedule like though, the day to day? So uh, because I had to drive out there uh, and pretty much live off of just Disney, uh, they, they convinced me to work six days out of, out of the week. So I was there pretty much every single day. And uh, every morning, it would be wake up at 9 a.m., be at Disney by 10.30, which, honestly, walking just from the parking lot into the park is like a 30-minute walk. 30 minute walk. Yeah. So, it made the employees park in the back. You know? Yeah, no, honestly, the employee parking lot is not any better than everyone else. You don't get to park the in the mouse cave. Where does Donald Duck park? You can't park next to him. It's bullshit. That's top secret. <laughs> we serve duck at our restaurant. It's delicious. Um, okay, yeah, so you live there. You're working, like you said, six days a week. Yeah. 10, 30 until what time? Until like around 6 or 7. Yeah. How many different types of dances per day? Like is Monday the same as Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah. Or is this is our Monday theme? This is our Tuesday, Taco Tuesday theme. Gotcha. Wine Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Disney doesn't have like themes like that that are day-to-day. They do uh, have like seasons where they change every like three or four months. Like you were there for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. correct. So for, for us, the Christmas show was always the same thing. Did you have elf ears? I'm kidding. 
<laughs> no, no. <laughs> we had Mickey ears. And stuff. Mickey ears is cool. <laughs> okay, so yeah. and um, yes, uh, we would have six shows a day. Uh, one ran every single hour, and each show was like fifteen minutes. So we would have like forty-five minutes in between where we would either like have our snacks, take a break, try to cool down a bit, drink some water. My brother here, Jordan, had a question about with wardrobes or. There you go. How does that work? No, I was more uh, fascinated with like the background scene of everything. Like what you do in the background in between changing wardrobes and like just all the stuff that people that go to the show don't see. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, since we are sweating our, our vestuarios, that's what we call it in Spanish, which is our costumes or vestuarios. vestuarios. Okay, cool. And also, the multi is a staff is like when I think about kitchen, you get more Hispanic. It is mainly the staff, they're all Hispanic. You got some white dudes by Lamosin or what? California is full of Hispanics. So your team, you know, mm-hmm. a full picture. Okay, cool. So you yeah. speak, everybody speaks Spanish there. Except for there, there are, there were a couple of white people in there that are dancing with us. And oh, it was really? pretty cool to see that. So yeah, even getting like behind the scenes though. So even like going in to dance to dance, there's little things to do, or get prepared for, or mm-hmm. you're taking a water break. Yeah. So like I said, we would have six shows a day. So we're already sweating all our clothes. You gotta wear like glitter. Sorry to interrupt. Like there's makeup and all of that kind of stuff too. You know, the like, girls do. They don't. They don't make the guys do all the makeup, but they do ask everyone to have like a clean physique. What's the craziest uh, wardrobe you had to wear? Like a uniform. I don't know what you. I mean, for us, it was always we had our chato suits, our like mariachi looking costume or vestuario. Uh huh. And I mean, it was always the same thing every single day for us, but. Uh, we did have to change it every other day because, I mean, all that sweat's getting everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it sucks. Uh, sometimes, like, you don't even have time to get, like, get your stuff dry cleaned because they bring the dry... They have people that do the dry cleaning for you, but they only pick it up in certain days. So if you're working six days out of the week, sometimes you have to wear the same thing for six days and day. wait for... Sunday to happen. Smell your own success. Yeah. That's what it is. Like, ah. We always have perfume like right before a show. It's, it's, I know the smell. It was dancing yesterday. Yep. It was a great show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you ever, um, this is a random sidebar. Um, so it's a touristy place, obviously, fucking Disneyland. You see the same people over the course of a couple different shows. Like you'll see the same families or is there groupies? Yeah. Like mariachi dancing people. Yes. Yeah. And we, we definitely like recognize them when we see them more than once we we did have a couple of fans that would show up every single day and we would have uh we we had what we called our number one fan which was this little kid with down syndrome that would always be there in the same exact spot oh, like a dancing with us yeah. yeah and then uh we had our number two fan we we have numbered which was this little girl that i mean she looked little but she was probably like 18 19 and uh, she literally got a job at Disney. Vertically challenged. Oh, yeah, hey. vertically challenged, just like me. <laughs> By little, we mean, no, I'm kidding. Uh, she would always be there in the exact same spot. And she ended up like being able to be in the park every single day because she, she, she got a job as for an employee. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She literally got a job for it at Disney to be there every single day. And she would always watch our show. Oh, that's smart. So it, it makes it seem so as a poker player, I see this as certain days during the week at smaller casinos. They want to have plants. Yeah. It's two or three guys. Marks, you could call them mm-hmm. two or three people there to boost action. Because if you need seven to eight people for a poker game, 
we're going to put out three and they play and they act, you know, not conspicuous. Mm-hmm. So there's the same thing there. Yeah. So it's somebody to boost the ambiance. Uh, That's cool. Um, so it was only a three month thing, right? Yeah. days or like seasonal. Yeah. From November to January. Yeah. What was your favorite part about it? On or off camera, behind scenes, whatever, like favorite part. Definitely the night shows. Yeah. The night shows. Cause at night we would have all the lighting effects from like all the, uh, the whole park and, it was really awesome to see people's emotion. Like, I feel like everyone after having such a long day at Disney, they would always go to that last show, which was the night show with our, all the lighting effects, because that was always like the one where we had the biggest crowd. So you got, it was, it was good for you. There's your reward. It's like winning. It's not a game yeah. where it's winning or losing, but you're like, these people just stressed out all day. Just drug their fucking kids, four bratty ass kids around a park all day waiting in lines. And they finally got to right before they're going home, all that, you know, you get to come out and kill it and it's a mm-hmm. performance it's a show yeah. it's a whole thing yeah does that give you like you said so that that's the difference that gives you there's more oomph on that nighttime Definitely. show than that noon show like okay yeah. this is the one let's go out there yeah and it also helps that it's the last show so like we're like all right last one this is where we can go all out and and then enjoy the rest of our night yeah where's the rest of the night go after that you guys hang out together is it going home let's go to the bars whatever how do you guys decompress so uh, we were pretty much, since we all work there and then we're all being part of the same dance company, we were pretty much like all run on the same schedule. Uh, like so, bartenders. Yeah. So on Monday and uh, Wednesday, we had rehearsals. So literally, we got out of Disney and we're going straight into rehearsal. We would have like a 20-minute break where we can get like something to eat, something to drink, and then go straight into rehearsal. And then rehearsal was like another four hours. Uh, and then on Tuesday and Thursday, uh, that I mean, that was like pretty much our only free day because we would be pretty much busy on weekends for. That was your chance to show. be a tourist, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Tuesday and Thursday, we would either go out and eat, uh, go to LA because even Disneyland's in Anaheim. That's still like a 20, 30 minute drive to LA. Um, so really, an hour. Mm-hmm. Do you say twenty minutes? Traffic, probably yeah. not. I used to complain about Houston traffic. I can't anymore. Yeah, LA traffic sucks. It's even worse. It's because we're in this season traffic every day, and we want to bitch. And I'm like, yeah, it could be worse. Yeah. Honestly, fun story. Earlier, like literally, we're on the way here, right? Um, normally, I'll drive around the city. I drive. Brother's new to living here, so he's always shotgun. Anyway, coming home, figured killed all the pee breaks, all the piss breaks, all the way. Whatever, we're fine. Let's go. Traffic sucked. Extra slowdown. I really had to go for like 30 extra minutes of it being slow. At some point, like traffic slowed down. I threw it in park. I hopped in the back seat. He went from passenger to driver and I truck drived it. I no. found a Gatorade bottle. And so we did, I shouldn't even say that. It doesn't matter. There was an empty bottle um, from something else. It was about a liter, a liter. And I almost filled up the whole liter. Anyway, I don't know how I get it. Yeah, but I can see how. So let's say dancing. <laughs> You're out there dancing for a whole 15 minute set and you can't go change. But uh, no, that was a fun thing back home. Um, so seasonal uh, with Disney dancing. Obviously, they call again. You would say yes. Mm-hmm. So four seasons a year for them. What 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 breaks it down? Like they already had somebody lined up for the spring dancers. Like they're not calling you back, or yeah, you so, have to reapply. Or? No, uh, it changes. So uh, like I said, like every three or four months, they they change the theme. And so during October and December, we would have our Viva Navidad show. Uh, but as soon as we finished in January, uh, they they started a, a Chinese New Year event so they would have different dancers mostly from like asian ethnicity 
to come and do those shows. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it always changes. Mm-hmm. They can't just make it. I'm just kidding. Drink a little more. You could be Chinese. Oh, uh, you think they would. Um, so if they ask you next October, Hey, you want to come back? You're saying yes. hundred percent. Uh, so they, they, it's they kind of like an internship about that. Yeah. It's like an internship or contract or it's a contract. You can't go deal with pick. Oh, wait, not Pixar. You wait, hold on. You're with Disney. Who's the competitor? Like you can't go Wait, You're dancing for us. Motherfucker. Like, yeah. How does that work? And Disney's super strict about all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, they have a lot of policies that every single cast member or every employee, that's what they call their employees, cast members, has to follow. And it's all to keep the magic going. God damn it. So, They've already got you speaking it. Yeah. You just said that so fluently. We got to keep the magic going. Yeah. Cast member. Oh, so a cast member like Hook or Peter yeah. Pan or Aladdin. Yeah. It's cool because you're back there with all of them. It just makes you cool. Part of the movie. Now, if we got any taxes, how does the I? No, no, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I started thinking as a wrestling fan. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're not. They're independent contractors. There's yeah. the way to work it. Yeah. Um. So the it'll get territorial. Disney wants you to be part of Disney. That's cool. Here, being in Houston, like dancing with your local group. Let's say you want to go dance for somebody else. Like, how's that territory work? Like, you have a local group here in Houston. Obviously, Houston's huge, and we're in the South. I'm sure there's a lot of different. Yeah, how does that drama and those that politic work? Uh, so in Houston, it's uh, it's very envious compared to California, because in the in out here in Houston, if you're part of one group and then you try to be part of another group. Like that second group's not gonna want you. Oh, they shut that they, shit they down. They want loyal students, and if you go out to California, you see dancers that are working working for like three different companies all at once. Yeah. So it's it's more like neighbor oriented in California, and I wish it was more like that here in Houston. But in Houston, it's like they want you to grow from like the youngest age up with that same organization. Mm-hmm. Where do you think it comes from? Obviously, it's just a cultural difference. I think it comes to like how big Houston is and like so, how many people want to do it. Have you studied like the history side of it? Like what, oh, where it came from or like you could name or whatever, you know, some of the dancers from the 80s or 70s or 60s or where it became? You know, like, uh, no, not really. Not really. It's cool to see how it's like a sports team. You know, mm-hmm. you can compare it to like soccer where there's different teams and oh, you play for this team or you play for that team. It's very competitive dancing. Yeah, dancing, sports, competitive, artistic. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna take a little ad break, and when we get back, we'll talk about your ability with audiovisual. Because also, besides dancing around and being good at that, you're very good with the engineer side of things, cameraman, and yeah, we'll go from there. This ad is mainly for the gentlemen out there in the Houston or the San Antonio area looking for a top-of-the-line haircut at a competitive price point. Urban City Barbershop is the place to go for signature haircuts, specialty cuts, detailed trims, beard and mustache styling, shampoos, classic razor shaves, and color treatments. I mean, the whole thing, anything you want. Um, and your grooming experience as a man, they will take care of it there for you at Urban City Barbershop. The whole staff at the Houston Galleria location is beyond friendly and welcoming when you walk through the door. 
And even after not visiting for about six months myself, uh, my barber Antonio remembered exactly how I liked my haircut. As soon as I sat down, he just rattled it off. Boom, 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 boom. And I was like, yes, you know exactly what I want. That's crazy how you remembered after seeing so many different people every single day. The whole vibe is a classic barbershop feel, you know, with the jokes and good conversation, everybody knowing your name. And it's also set in like a modern and urban setting. You know, it feels inside there as fresh as you will feel after a cut. If you're in San Antonio, you can find their location inside River Center Mall. And again, if you're in Houston like me, it's in the Galleria. Definitely, definitely, definitely ask for Antonio if you check out the Houston spot and he will 100% without a doubt have you feeling and looking fresh and confident when you walk out the door. You can check out the website to book at urbancitybarbershop.com and follow them on Instagram at Urban City Barber Company. You can also check out Antonio's Instagram at Antonio JT underscore. That's the letter J and the letter T. So at Antonio JT underscore. Tell them J from Cake and Conversation sent you. So your second day back um, from dancing in Disney, you had a call for a job. What did that job consist of? What are we doing? Audio engineer. What did your buddy yeah. ask you to do? So uh, I met uh, this guy a couple of months before going to California. And he's been pretty much giving me gigs here and there, uh, doing it like anything technical for uh, events, theaters, uh, shows, uh, mostly to do with like microphones, lighting, cameras sound lighting. yeah hooking everything up for a show to be able to happen yeah that stuff's hard when did you learn to do this like when did you start getting fluent in speaking technology uh so uh, it has to go to when i was working at that uh art school where i was teaching Plutorico at okay uh they had just acquired this theater that uh, they only had one employee for it so they asked me if uh, I was going to be able to work there. And so I'm here working mutually with that other guy. And this guy knows how to run the whole theater. He can literally do it by himself. Uh, he's able to get all the contracts for all the shows. He's able to do all the lighting and effects and camera work for them all by himself. He's able to run the whole theater by himself. But uh, when I joined, he starts teaching me how to use all the equipment and everything. And I, I couldn't get it. It was too difficult. It's too much work. Like, there's so many moving parts here and there. Like, and then you have to go to the control room and be able to move everything. I was like, there's no way. And later, like, a month or two after I started working there, uh, he got sick. He got really, really sick. He ended up being in the hospital for, like, 60 days straight. But as he's in the hospital, like, he's still taking calls. So I'm here trying to do all of his work out of my work, trying to do everything together, trying to make things work somehow. Yeah. And uh, whenever I stumbled into something I didn't know how to use or do, uh, I would call him. And he would always pick up the phone and be like, all right, you have to do this, 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 and that. Yeah. And that's how I learned. And that's pretty much under pressure. But you enjoy it too. So it's not yeah. something that like, I mean, if you didn't want to do it, you wouldn't have to anymore. It's something you learn to do like creatively. If you had some freedom before, like people come to you, Hey, I need it lit this type of way, but I trust you to get it done. 
mm-hmm. or they give you that kind of freedom. Yeah, and that's pretty much what he did. He trusted me in being able to do everything, even though I didn't know how to do shit. What's been the most pressure on you then? Like, what's the biggest show you've had uh, where you've had the most pressure? So they, they hosted this uh, bodybuilding contest that was national. So they always changed where it was going to be at. And this year they chose the Space City, Houston. And uh, they had a show. They had cameras. They had, like, all these super-built women all these super built guys and like they would go up by one by one too. It even got to the point where like they would come and see our equipment and be like, this equipment's old. So I would have to like go up there and try to make it look as best as I could, even though this equipment was like impossible to use for like their type type of event. Uh, like a no win situation. Yeah. Hey, even then, so is it a boss where they're putting like a friend or somebody you know that's giving you these events, or is it something you can also seek? Like, hey, I want to apply to be this person at this show. Uh, like, so, if somebody wanted to get in that career, what would be the best way for somebody to be like, man, I'm interested in lighting and sound and the technician side, like the producing side? What's the best way to go about it? Definitely look for nonprofit organizations. Uh, there's a lot of, especially in the arts, there's a lot of arts, nonprofit organizations that are willing to take anyone for as cheap as possible that can, that is willing to learn how to run all this equipment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it something, um, let's say, let's go to like future time, like future Manny, uh, dancing, always going to be a big part of your life professionally, or what do you think? You know, I, I used to think that this was something. Open up your own studio, right? Or no? Now, yeah. But when I first got into Folklorico, and like even up until like two, three years ago, I I didn't want to do that. I was like, I want, I'm a, I'm a dancer, but I, I don't want to keep doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah. But now you flash forward like two, three years, and you realize like what effect it's making on all these people that are even just watching the show at Disney, or just other students, because. Uh, like when I was teaching, like you realize how much of an effect it builds on their whole life. So it made me realize that it is something I definitely want to do and continue to teach. Pass down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even if you're perfecting like just a couple of kids, like you see that passion they get. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, man, that's pretty cool. Day to day, too, do you have any like aspiration, like technical wise? Like, oh, do you want to go beyond? like the next big movie set doing lighting and sound or would that just, is that more of like a pay the bills thing or would you be down like if somebody calls you tomorrow obviously hey i know you know how to do this come rig this lighting setup for this movie thing that'd be something you'd be interested in too fuck yeah yeah fuck yeah, yeah sure yeah i'm the type of guy who struggles to say no to things it's yeah. like if it's something new and it's something challenging i'm definitely gonna say yes yeah yeah you, you think you could see yourself doing like a nine-to-five job though Oh, fuck no. You're not going to be like a banker. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm the same type of way. Um, what have you learned those. about, what have you learned? You haven't had a bartend since you've been gone, right? Before you left, I was, you know, we, you would learn little things from me, Jose, Luda. You're learning how to bartend. Is that something you'd want to do again, too? Definitely. Bartend on the side. It's a badass job to have on the side. Yeah. It's like everyone drinks. So there's going to be a business for it. There's always the creative side. Same thing with, like, dancing. Or putting a show together with lights and sound, making a drink for somebody. Like you said earlier, that final dance per night for those families who've been busy all day, like seeing that look on their face, like, oh, they're relaxed, they're having a good time. Same thing when you make somebody like a well crafted drink. 
and they're sitting down. They've been working all week. They only drink on Thursdays and they're sitting down. Like finally I can have that drink. Okay, Same right. kind of concept as being a dancer and a bartender. Uh, so yeah, man, what's up when you're a bartender again? I don't know. What are you doing right now? Like uh, if someone wanted to hire you, how could they reach out? Be like, hey, I want you, or hey, I'm interested. What's a good way to get in touch with you? Uh, definitely through Facebook. <laughs> What's your name? Yeah, tell me name. I'm old school. I gotta go through Facebook. Uh, Manuel Alejandro Giron Flores. No Instagram or nothing. Instagram, El Bailarín Giron. <laughs> Now, obviously, you got to have something on YouTube. Like, if somebody wants to just search and, like, like, hey, right now, let me tell you, go look at this dude dance real quick. Where can we find you on YouTube? You got uh, some videos. So there, there's a couple of videos. If you go on YouTube and you search up Viva Navidad Disneyland, you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see uh, a bunch of videos from a bunch of different angles from, like, everyone that comes visits the park and watches the, the performance show. Even know that. So you had no kids before you left. Do you have any kids now that you've returned? I'll find out in eight months. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you up to? Like you're like we're doing just side jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I know I had to work for Republicans recently, but that's fine. Nobody here. I tried playing the Mexican anthem, but even their iPad wasn't allowing me to. Dang! <laughs> they put the wall around your iPad. <laughs> All right, well, it's been good having you on. Always going to hear a story. I love this perspective. Like, if I tell somebody, yeah, I know somebody who danced for Disney. They look at me and I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, no, I know a guy. Now I have proof. <laughs> so, appreciate you having on. Yes, sir. All right, we'll talk soon. It's been fun. Special thanks to Manny for stopping by the apartment to record with me. I did mention it earlier, briefly in the intro segment, that he was, usually I like to record these on Mondays, Tuesdays, or by Wednesday, but early in the week, uh, he was suffering from a bad fever. So we weren't totally sure we'd even be able to meet up in time. Luckily by Thursday night, so right now late last night, Manny was good to go. So yeah, we made it happen. He's a real interesting guy. And uh, he's really proud of his culture and where he comes from. And if you ever get a chance to meet him, you'll understand what I mean. He's also just genuine, uh, very, very nice, I guess you could say. I don't know, if just authentic guy. I mean, I feel like that word gets thrown around a lot. But I mean, if you ask him for help, he doesn't think twice. He's got your back. He's a, a good, loyal friend. And he's still only in his early 20s, so I'm sure he'll continue to have more and more fascinating experiences in both his dance and audiovisual career. I'll also continue to publish episodes every week for the foreseeable future. And since you've been with me long enough today, um, I'll talk to you again next Thursday. I'm not quite sure who I'm going to record with. I have something lined up for Sunday um, with a gentleman, so hopefully... We can put that together and next episode will be out on time by next Thursday. But until then, I've kept you here long enough this week. So go hang out with a homie and 
enjoy some cake and conversation. <laughs>